This is the Epoch Times. Welcome to Epoch Audio, showcasing the best journalism covering news, culture, and society, addressing issues overlooked or avoided by other media. For the text version of this and more articles providing truth, tradition, and hope, please go to theepochtimes.com. Top 10 Takeaways from Tuesday's Election and What It Means for 2024 by Lawrence Wilson, Samantha Flom, Terry Wu, and Jeff Luderbach. Democrats created a rising tide of blue victories on November 7th that swept over two state legislatures, one governor's mansion, a state Supreme Court, and a pair of ballot initiatives. The results of the night, though not entirely one-sided, reveal that the Democratic Party has gained momentum by leveraging abortion and railing against what they describe as right-wing extremism. The GOP, with some exceptions, appeared to be stuck in neutral. From the Virginia legislature to the Kentucky governor's mansion and from the school boards of suburban Washington, D.C. to the corner office in Jackson, Mississippi, here's what you need to know about this week's election results and what they mean for 2024. 1. Democrats can win in red states. Former President Donald Trump won Kentucky by 26 percentage points in 2020, yet Democrat Governor Andy Bashir was elected to a second term, embracing a message of unity and distancing himself from President Joe Biden. That bodes well for moderate Democrats in 2024, not so much for President Biden. Kentucky has a Republican supermajority in the state legislature. Republicans have won the state in nine of the past 11 presidential elections and have captured U.S. Senate races in Kentucky since 1998. However, only two Republicans have been elected governor of Kentucky in the past 50 years. Mr. Bashir owned a 16 percentage point lead in an early October poll released by Emerson College. On November 3rd, Emerson College published a survey that showed that the race was in a dead heat, with both candidates at 47 percent. In 2019, Mr. Bashir defeated incumbent Republican Governor Matt Bevin by about 5,000 votes. He won on November 7th by about 67,000 votes, according to the Associated Press. The governor consistently told reporters that President Biden wasn't relevant to what was happening in Kentucky and that the race was solely about the present and future of the state. Voters apparently believed Mr. Bashir, who also helped himself by being on the spot during recent crises in the bluegrass state a mass shooting in Louisville in April, and record flooding in the eastern half of the state in summer of 2022. Multiple Democrats nationwide have pointed to Mr. Bashir's winning campaign as a blueprint for 2024, when the parties will contest the White House, one-third of the Senate, the entire House of Representatives, 11 governorships, and more than 6,500 state legislative seats. 2. The Mississippi GOP has some momentum. Republican Governor Tate Reeves of Mississippi dampened the Democrat victories around the country in part by pitting the race as a battle to guard conservative Mississippi values against the threat of far-left liberalism. Mr. Reeves defeated Public Service Commissioner Brandon Presley, a cousin of Elvis Presley, to extend the GOP's 20-year occupancy of the executive mansion. The governor charged that his opponent is a puppet of coastal liberals who had poured millions of dollars into the campaign. Mr. Reeves said in his victory speech, Mississippi stood strong. Mississippi is not for sale. Mr. Reeves also touted a record of achievements that he attributed to conservative governance. 
Among them were a historically low unemployment rate, the largest income tax cut in the state's history, and a dramatic improvement in educational scores, which some have dubbed the Mississippi miracle. Despite Mr. Reeves' achievements, problems remain for this deep red state, which consistently ranks near the bottom in poverty and health indicators. Some 34 rural hospitals beset by financial difficulties are on the brink of closure. Mr. Presley had promised to expand Medicaid coverage, which gained traction with many voters in the state of 2.95 million with a poverty rate above 18%. Mr. Reeves has consistently said the expansion was unnecessary, but hasn't put forward a plan to strengthen the state's healthcare system. Mr. Reeves' margin of victory, three percentage points, was the worst performance by a Republican Mississippi gubernatorial candidate since 1999. Republican victories had averaged 24 percentage points in the three elections before Mr. Reeves' first election in 2019, which he won by 5%. That trend may be a concern heading into the 2024 election cycle in the next governor's race in 2027. 3. Post-Row, Ohio Ohio voters passed a citizen-led amendment to enshrine rights to abortion and other reproductive decisions in their state constitution, effectively nullifying a 2019 law banning the procedure after a fetal heartbeat is detected. Despite the intense months-long political campaigns that surrounded Issue 1, the amendment passed with a clear majority of 56.6%. In a reliably red state such as Ohio, the inescapable conclusion is that a large number of Republican voters don't favor a total ban on abortion. Lauren Blavelt, campaign co-chair of Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights and vice president of Planned Parenthood of Greater Ohio, said together Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights passed Issue 1 and put Ohioans back in charge of their personal decisions about pregnancy and abortion. She said Ohioans rejected disinformation and fear and voted instead to ensure that every Ohioan has access to the reproductive health care they need here in our state. The Buckeye State was the seventh to vote in favor of abortion access since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last year. And although it was the only state to consider the issue statewide on the ballot this year, abortion advocates in several other states are already pushing for similar initiatives in 2024. Among those states are Arizona, Florida, Missouri, and South Dakota, and many anticipate that the results of future races will mirror those in Ohio. 4. Democrats find abortion a winning issue. Democrats retained control of the Virginia Senate and won the House on November 7th, based largely on the prominence of a pro-abortion stance on all Democratic candidates' platforms. The bottom line here is that Democrats found a winning issue and ran well with it, according to Richmond-based veteran political analyst Bob Holsworth. He told the Epoch Times, Republicans are damaged because what happened was that this issue has become, for many, a personal freedom issue. He added that personal freedom has historically been part of Republicans' platform advocating limited government. He said, so long as you have Republicans proposing to ban abortion without exceptions, so long as you have Republicans talking about preventing people from traveling from one state or another to obtain an abortion, they're going to have a problem on this issue. Virginia may now capitalize on that momentum by proposing a state constitutional amendment to include abortion as a right, according to Mr. Holsworth. For a constitutional amendment to be on the ballot, the legislature would have to pass the measure in two consecutive legislative sessions, which could happen by the end of 2025. The governor doesn't have the power to veto voters' decisions. 
Five, Democrats expand high court majority. Pennsylvania voters chose Democrat Dan McCaffrey over Republican Carolyn Carluccio, shifting the balance on the Commonwealth's high court to 5-2. Once again, access to abortion was the defining issue in the race. Ms. Carluccio was endorsed by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation and the Pro-Life Coalition of Pennsylvania. Ms. Carluccio noted that Pennsylvania law makes abortion legal through 24 weeks and sought unsuccessfully to distance herself from the debate. Mr. McCaffrey positioned himself as pro-abortion. Democrats messaged around the U.S. Supreme Court's 2022 decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and poured more than $22 million into the race, according to the Associated Press. In Pennsylvania, Supreme Court justices serve 10-year terms and must retire at 75. Mr. McCaffrey is 59. 6. School boards becoming partisan. School board elections have traditionally been nonpartisan, but that's changing because of polarization over issues such as parental rights in education. In Loudoun County, Virginia, ground zero for the parental rights fight, all nine school board seats were up for grabs this year. Eight candidates ran on the issue and obtained Republican endorsements. Only two were successful, one by just 185 votes, or 1% of the total, against Democrat-backed candidates who consider the other side's push for parental rights to be right-wing rhetoric. In Spotsylvania County, Virginia, a rural area 60 miles south of the nation's capital, control of the school board flipped for the second time in three years. Candidates who ran on a parental rights platform for the four open seats were defeated, surrendering the majority. Fairfax County, home to Virginia's largest school district, is mired in controversy for including books with obscene content in school libraries, handing out allegedly severe punishments to elementary school students for not using preferred pronouns, and neglecting to notify students of their national merit awards. Candidates endorsed by the Democratic Party won all 12 seats by wide margins. Bills were proposed in six states this year that would allow school board candidates to declare a party affiliation. Most states currently require nonpartisan school board elections. 7. Democrats build in New Jersey. New Jersey Democrats added to their majorities in both houses of the state's legislature this week, a marked turnaround after losing six General Assembly seats and one Senate seat in 2021. Democrats reflipped the seat held by Republican State Senator Ed Durr who had defeated Democratic Senate President Steve Sweeney in 2021 in a shocking upset. John Berzicelli retook the seat for Democrats by 53 to 47 percent. Democratic New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter, Huge congrats to John Berzicelli on your upset win tonight, flipping Legislative District 3. The voters of South Jersey spoke loud and clear that they want a common-sense leader over a right-wing extremist. The results surprised Republicans who had seen the unpopularity of President Biden as a sign that they might gain a majority in at least one legislative chamber. 8. Progress for GOP locally Local elections were a brighter spot for Republicans as they won important mayoral and city council races. On Long Island, New York, Republican Ed Romaine was elected Suffolk County executive in a landslide victory over Democrat prosecutor David Colon. Mr. Romaine had been town supervisor of Brookhaven, New York, since 2012. With that result, the GOP now holds all countywide offices in both Suffolk and Nassau counties and their four congressional seats. 
Republicans also flipped the Bronx seat on the New York City Council as challenger Christy Marmorado bested incumbent Democrat Councilwoman Marjorie Velasquez. Ms. Marmorado, an X-ray technician, is the first Republican to hold the seat in 20 years. In Manchester, New Hampshire, Republican Jay Ruiz was elected mayor, becoming the city's first Republican mayor since 2017. Mr. Ruiz, a first-time candidate, defeated Democratic alderman Kevin Kavanaugh. The mayor-elect issued a unity statement seeking bipartisan cooperation in governing the city. Mr. Ruiz wrote, Today the voters of Manchester spoke and affirmed our message that Manchester has a great deal of promise, and in order to reach our full potential, we must bring our city together and tackle the challenges we have. 9. President Biden has no coattails. Democrat Governor Bashir won in Kentucky by distancing himself from President Biden. Mr. Reeves, a Republican, won in Mississippi by tying his opponent to the Biden agenda. At a time when President Biden's approval ratings are low, the economy is sluggish, and he faces an impeachment inquiry and questions about cognitive fitness, candidates in both parties are beginning to run against him rather than their opponents. True, the prominence of the abortion issue is a win of sorts for President Biden, but as of November 7th, abortion access is no longer a blue versus red issue. Republicans must decide how to respond to an increasingly large faction of Republican voters who dislike strict abortion bans. That's not by itself a win for President Biden. The president doesn't appear to be garnering credit for the flurry of Democratic victories this week. 10. Tough decisions before 2024. This week's elections show that Democratic issues, not the party's standard bearer, are driving results. Despite the wins, the president lags behind President Trump in five out of the six swing states, according to a New York Times poll conducted several days before election night. Mr. Holsworth said the poll reflected the low approval rating of President Biden, whom he called an anchor around the Democratic Party. He said independents have abandoned Biden right now. They think that he is too old to be president. There are a lot of Democrats who think he's too old to be president. The Democratic Party does have a Biden problem, though they don't necessarily admit it. Swing state Democrats may well distance themselves from their president if he remains on the ballot in 2024. The party has until its national convention in August 2024 to make that decision. Early primaries in New Hampshire and South Carolina may provide a clue about what Democrats intend to do. President Trump, the presumptive Republican nominee, isn't a sure bet either. Mr. Holsworth said, both sides look like they're ready to take gambles with weak candidates in an election that the public will hate. Many voters, especially independents, appear to be looking for alternatives to the major players in 2024. Thank you for listening to Epoch Audio. This was Top 10 Takeaways from Tuesday's Election and What It Means for 2024. Written by Lawrence Wilson, Samantha Flom, Terry Wu, and Jeff Lauterbach and read for you by Chris Rod. For more Epoch Times articles in text, please visit theepochtimes.com. This is the Epoch Times.